Welcome to Tell Me About It on WUFT 89.1 and 90.1. I'm Sue Wagner here today with Dr. Robert Hollander from the Hollander Foundation, which is located here in Gainesville. And it's a very wonderful organization that helps support prostate cancer research, but it supports it by selling wine, which Bob is actually one, is, is the winemaker, and you secure grapes from various locations, and you've created some wonderful blends and some wonderful single varietals, and uh, how did all this get started? How did the wine and the prostate cancer research come together? Okay, well, um, thanks for asking, and thanks for having <laughs> me here. Uh, it's, thanks uh, for being I, here. We finally made this happen. Yeah, it's, uh, I looked back over our um, Facebook messages. They go back a full year. <laughs> to uh, a year a year ago this time. Yeah, so there were a number of moving parts involved. Uh, the, f- the first was just becoming interested in wine, which happened during medical school. I uh, worked as a waiter bartender at a banquet facility, was exposed to food and wine. Not that we were supposed to have it, but I was exposed to it. Uh, the inevitable happened. And when I went out to Los Angeles for my training, a couple of my co-interns were also interested in wine. We started a wine tasting group, started drinking wine together, started reading about it, started collecting. Yeah, so that was, that was how it started, started cooking. And at some point, uh, toured a winery. And I think anybody who loves wine and tours wineries in Napa kind of harbors that romantic notion. Boy, wouldn't, wouldn't it be great if? Totally unrealistic. When it changed, uh, or how it changed, was um, it was about 2007. I uh, read an article in one of the wine newspapers or magazines that I'd subscribed to about a, uh, a venture in Napa that allowed individuals to do a custom crush. You could make a barrel or two or however many you wanted. Uh, you would use their facilities. They sourced grapes from various regions. And uh, you could design and blend and bottle your own wine. And I thought, wow, that sounds cool. I rationalized the cost, you know, the way that people can rationalize anything if they really try. And I set about making my first two barrels. The Zinfandel grapes came from grist vineyards in Sonoma and I and I knew these grapes already because I'd I'd had I'd had the wine from I had grist in grapes from uh, Turley Vineyards. Oh nice. <laughs> and uh, the Syrah grapes came from Santa Barbara County and I'd had plenty of great Syrahs from Santa Barbara County. Anyway, that's how it got started, the um, the the whole winemaking. So it really started as an indulgent hobby. The first two bottlings were fantastic. Actually every bottling was so did they, did they do the bottling for you? Yeah. So what I had to do was develop the wine plan. Um, so that was interesting. You know, it's, there were like 30, 30 steps, 30 questions I, I had to address in order to uh, formulate the wine. So for the Zin, I emailed the, uh, the winemakers at Turley and at Ridge Vineyards, which was my other favorite prototypical California Zin. And I emailed them and said, hey, I'm making a barrel of wine as a hobby. You guys are my heroes. Can, uh, can one of your winemakers answer a few questions for me? And they said, yeah, sure. Send us your questions. So 
I sent my list of 30 questions, starting it started with things like, uh, you know, do you de-stem? Do you pull the stems out of the clusters? And what sort of, how do you crush the grapes? And what temperature do you ferment at? And 26 other nerdy winemaking things. So I incorporated that into my Zinfandel plan. For the Syrah plan, my goal was, or my aspiration was, this one particular uh, Chateau Neuf de Pop in the Southern Rhone, uh, Chateau de Beaucastel. And I did, the same, I did the same thing with them. I emailed them, I love your wines. I'm making a barrel of wine. Can I ask one of your winemakers a few questions? And they forwarded my email to one of the assistant cellar masters who very patiently answered my questions, uh, emphasizing, of course, you can never make a wine like ours. <laughs> Of course. <laughs> of course. And I knew that because in that, in that part of France, they actually blend 11 different grapes into this wine. So that was how I got started. And now people can actually purchase this wine on your website, and it goes to support all proceeds, um, support prostate cancer research, correct? Yeah, and I, I don't like to say the word purchase. Donate for. Yeah, like what they do is they support you know, prostate cancer research, and they get the wine as a gift. The metaphor that I would use is like when WFT has a fun drive. You support WFT, and you get a tote bag. A thank for, you gift. Yeah, you get a thank you gift. So I look at the wine as a thank you gift. When I first got started with the winemaking, the, the foundation of the prostate cancer was, wasn't an issue. That, that kind of came about subsequently. So the wines that I made were very successful. They, they meddled in competitions. They're great wines to drink. The problem is you make a barrel of wine and suddenly you have 300 bottles of wine. It's like, all right, what am I going to do with all this wine? <laughs> well, the rational person would say, well, you could stop making it. Um, but I, I couldn't do that. I kind of I perseverated. Um, I tried marketing it, but there's, there's really no venue for somebody just making a barrel or no venue That's that true, I can yeah. identify, you know, to, to bring wines to market. I almost connected with one of the downtown restaurants, but the distribution, price points, I just couldn't make it work. So I needed to do some sort of direct-to-consumer uh, marketing, but no easy way to do that. And then that all changed with the cancer thing. After seeing a uh, my primary in 2008 and 2009 and getting screened for prostate cancer. In 2010, I was finally diagnosed with something that had been there for a while. Mm -hmm. So because mistakes were made along the way uh, and the mistakes were obvious, um, the institution involved offered, offered a settlement. Uh, the maximum amount that the, the institution was allowed to give according to state laws. So I initially walked away. I, I literally got up from the table and I, when I, after seeing their offer, and I said, uh, I have no civilized response to this. Because it seemed like such a trivial amount mm. um, you know, to, be, uh, to be diagnosed with a, an advanced cancer at, 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 a, young, at a young age. And I, I, I reflected on the whole situation for a while, thought about bringing a lawsuit, spoke with an attorney, thought about pursuing it. 
And you know, this was just kind of consuming my, uh, my, my, my thinking for a period of time. And one of the things that I had observed just coming through the UF campus was how things got named. You know, I turned on Gail Lemerand Drive to come here. Well, you remember, it used to not be Gail Lemerand. Mm -hmm. It used to be North-South. And I, and I thought about, I started thinking about uh, philanthropy as, um, you know, something that I might do later. In and this is really good. So I'm, we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come right back, and we want to hear more about how the Hollander Foundation was created. Sound good? Sure. Welcome back to Tell Me About It on WUFT 89.191. I'm Sue Wagner, and I'm here with Dr. Robert Hollander, also known as Bob, who is the founder of the Hollander Foundation to help support prostate cancer research. And he gave us a little bit of background as to how he got involved with this. And I have to say, I met Bob here because he was very generous to WUFT. We used to have a wonderful wine auction and tasting called a Celebration of Wine. And each year, he and his wife would come and be part of the tasting and then give several wonderful donations that were auctioned off to help support public radio. So thank you for your generous donations then. And thank you for this great foundation that you created. So give us a little bit more. You decided to pursue a philanthropy. Well, yeah, I'd been thinking about uh, retirement life, and I, I found a uh, motivation, um, inspiration by, um, uh, you know, you'd hear about donations of the Bill, uh, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, and I would see uh, buildings get erected here on the UF campus named after somebody, and I would think, well, there was probably significant donation behind that. So the, this whole f uh, concept of philanthropy was swirling in the back of my mind as I was dwelling upon, dwelling upon my situation with uh, this cancer diagnosed at an incurable stage and the winemaking. And uh, I was like, okay, okay, I know what I'll do. I'll, I'll go back to the university and... Uh, and take the money that they were going to offer me. I'll use it to, I'll, uh, I'll create a foundation, a uh, 501c3 tax qualified foundation. I'll fund it with the settlement, um, use the money to support prostate cancer research, and then also commit my winemaking to supporting prostate cancer research. So that was how that all came together. It was, uh, the winemaking is a hobby, the, um, the settlement, creating the foundation, and then using the winemaking to, uh, to sustain it. So then the, the other, I guess, innovative part of this was using crowdfunding to raise the money to make the barrel of wine. So using uh, Indiegogo, which is a crowdfunding site like Kickstarter, I would uh, have a crowdfunding campaign. And the idea was... You back the campaign at different levels, and in exchange for your support, you would receive wines from an upcoming barrel or more. The last couple of years, what I've done is I've made available wines from my wine library. 
So it's not as if you have to wait for something to be made. The wine's already there. The wines are already known commodities, proven medal win- winners. So that's what I do. So using Indiegogo, I have usually annual campaigns where I crowdfund the cost of the barrel, and people can get a bottle, two bottles, a six-pack, a case, mm. uh, or even I've, I do wine for a year. Uh, <laughs> 365 bottles. 12, 12 cases. Uh, One a month. That makes sense. $5,000. So that's actually what I do is because the wine that I make now belongs to the foundation, the only way for me to get it is to support the foundation. So I make, you know, an annual gift to the foundation so I can continue to enjoy the wine that I make. So if people wanted to see the wines that are available, what is the website address? It's uh, a point of light, all obviously one phrase, a a p o i n t o f L-I-G-H-T dot U-S, a point of light dot U-S. Yeah, that takes you to the foundation website or to Red Winery, the number two, followed by redwinery.com. And e- either way gets you to uh, the foundation websites. And then I'm working on my next uh, crowdfunding campaign, which will appear on Indiegogo. Okay. That actually would be the, the most helpful way because that that goes directly to my next barrel. Well, do you create the wine in California, or do you have everything shipped here and you create Yeah, the wine? great question. So there, there, are, there are two parts to that. 95% of it takes place in a, in a winery, in a facility in Napa. So I personally don't own any of the means of production. I have access to the facilities. The grapes are sourced. Crush, fermentation, bottling all happen out there. Uh, what I do... And I have done out there where I've, I've flown out to, to do is, but usually do it in my kitchen, is, <laughs> is, is the blending. Mm-hmm. So, for example, my Syrah, which I call uh, hashtag two red, pound sign two red, is a, a multi-grape Syrah-based blend. And uh, what the winery does is once my Syrah is ready to be bottled, they'll send me a bottle of Syrah along with samples of the four or five other potential blenders. So they'll send me a bottle of Grenache, Morved, Viognier, Petite Syrah. Mm-hmm. And in the comfort of my kitchen, with a graduated cylinder and a pipette and a large number of glasses, <laughs> which... Of course, you've got to taste. Which interestingly all say wuft celebration well, of wine <laughs> <laughs> glad we could help yeah well you know how when you would go to this thing you would get a souvenir glass mm-hmm. well people would just put them down you know to be picked up and washed and i was like well i'll Might take them well home take and, them. <laughs> i'll take them home and wash them for a good cause of course yeah so now they're part of uh, my wine blending so at home with my blender's graduated cylinder pipette, I start going through various blends and permutations based on my assessment of what each wine has to offer. So there's a lot of sniffing, sipping, swirling, and spitting. Once again, for a good cause. All for a good cause. I would tell you, 
it's it's fun, but it's it's demanding at a certain level because especially with the 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 sniffing part, so much of it is determined by by. And the you have aroma. a refined palate, so that helps too. One would only hope. <laughs> a little bit of cheese, a little bit of wine, it all sends to work out. Just water. Just water. Just water, yeah, in a spit bucket. It's not very glamorous. And I, you know, and I've got notes. I, you know, 95 percent, 95 percent Zin, 3% Grenache, 2% Petite Syrah, 1% Viognier. So I play around with that until I'm satisfied with uh, the final result. Sounds good. Well, clearly it has been very successful because you've been making wine since 2007, and now you've been doing your Indiegogo. Um, crowdfunding, and I've looked at your website, and you've got quite an extensive wine library there that people can review, make a donation to the foundation, and then get this wonderful gift. So we have many people that have been donating to this site, and where do the proceeds go? What fa- what other foundations or other research projects do they help fund? So what I try and do is support young researchers uh, who are doing cutting-edge work, um, ideally with uh, prostate cancer genomics, advances in therapy. And I also use past recipients to help me identify young, other young researchers they know. So these people tend to be physicians, MD, PhDs, doing university research, already receiving grants. That's what I do. I look for people and say, uh, hey, would you like a gift? So that website, again, is appointofflight.us. That was Dr. Robert Hollander from the Robert and Susan Hollander Foundation supporting prostate cancer research on today's episode of Tell Me About It. To listen to previous episodes of the show, go online at wuft.org slash tellmeaboutit or on the WUFT media app. I'm Sue Wagner on Tell Me About It on WUFT. WUFT.